Hello, everybody, and welcome to the least listened to podcast in human history, the DIY Me Mine Presents show. Today, we're talking to a friend of the show. His name is Steve Flores. He is a current pro podcaster with two podcasts that you'll have to wait to hear about um, through our conversation here, and um, a former educator and friend of the show, which is me, so friend of mine, um, I am DIY Me Mine, the One Man Collective, and today we, the context of this conversation is we were texting back and forth about Jordan Peterson. Um, who I still disagree with in some ways and in ways that my friend here agrees with, in a way, you will hear. But that is the context for the conversation that we were texting back and forth. And we were debating whether we would like to have coffee with the man. Um, and it's just a way to get into a conversation about politics and about equality in society and all sorts of things. We start by just catching up and talking about his kids, um, whose names I hopefully bleeped out successfully. Um, anyway, here's a conversation between DIY Me Mine and Steve Flores, current pro podcaster and former educator partially about Jordan Peterson's philosophies and the pros and cons thereof. Anyway, hope you enjoy. It's quite a long conversation, but it didn't feel that way to us, I, I assume. Anyway, it's two friends catching up. Whether you like it or not is up to you. Love you. Enjoy. Anyway, so how's it going? No, it's going. Yeah. With the kids and everything. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh Diego's upstairs right now because uh he like wasn't feeling good this morning. No, no, he didn't no. have a fever or anything, but he was just kind of sluggish and wasn't feeling good. So what we decided to do was just uh uh take him out of school and then later on he wound up getting a fever. But then I gave him some medicine. And, you know, since then, he's been doing pretty good. Right. Yeah. But better safe than sorry. Yeah. Out of yeah. school. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then uh, the other, other one. Than that, yeah. Now he's doing good. Okay. Huh? The other, the I, I forgot the younger one's name. Oh, yeah. Uh, Selena. Selena. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. She's doing good, too. Yeah, she's at she's at school. She just uh, is recovering because she caught um, hand foot mouth disease. Uh, Yikes! Like maybe like a few weeks ago. Yeah, and so she got all this. Um, uh, yeah, she she just got all this, um, like dots everywhere it kind of was like chicken pox right 
And okay. so it starts like mostly on the hands and the bottoms of the feet. Um, but then later on, it just kind of spread to like mostly her elbows and then behind her legs and then around her mouth. And so she was just not feeling good. So there's a few days where we had to keep her in. You know, Jen was showing me this funny meme of like, like this is what it's like when you have like, when you send your kids to daycare, it's like, you know, the deal is you pay them lots of money and in return, every two weeks, they come home with a new virus. <laughs> you know, which is like, yeah, that's, I'd say that's pretty accurate. <laughs> what we've seen. That's not good. <laughs> yeah. And then like they bring this stuff and then sometimes we get sick and uh and then sometimes we're fine and then sometimes and but every time we have to like pull them out now you know what i mean like because it's not like you know we we can't um yeah, do anything else otherwise yeah they just won't let us especially now with covid and all that so right right yeah well that's annoying but <laughs> at least uh the other the other times they're they're happy yeah yeah exactly and they're socializing and they're talking to people you know and they're like exactly doing all that stuff yeah which is like the most important thing that i that i'm hoping they're getting from daycare is just be around other kids you know like go fight with them and then learn yeah. how to resolve fights and learn how to be preventative and do all that like socialization before you uh you know get to like in certain age where you can't like learn that stuff as easily anymore. Right. Yeah. I feel like I'm out of practice when it comes to conversing with people. We had, we had a little get together on Sunday here at my parents' house and I felt like I was exhausted. By the <laughs> like, you know, that's not saying anything bad about the people I was talking to. You know, they're easy to talk to. It's, I feel like since the pandemic, I'm relearning, you know, and it's a hard thing to yeah. at, at 38 years old, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hear you. It's hard to learn anything nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, like, because I'm, I'm kind of like that, too, like I'm uh, introverted. So just being around people like exhausts me. I get so tired, you know. And that's why teaching was so hard for me because like every day I have all these people around me all the time, constantly yeah. like asking questions and like I have to interact and I have to like right. perform, you know, bring it on sort yeah, of bring it on. And then like, I'll just come home and I would like, just, I just need a nap. I just like, right. I would just crash every single day. So it's like a, like a emotional roller coaster. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely yeah. these days. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And I think that's like the biggest like misconception of what like an introvert is, you know, it's like, it's not that an introvert doesn't like people. Right. They're not antisocial. Yeah. Yeah. We're like just exhausted by them. <laughs> Which sounds like when you put it that way, it sounds like, oh, we don't like you guys. <laughs> yeah. Right. But that's, there is a subtle difference there. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely is. Yeah. I'm like, you know, it's like, it's not that I don't like you. It's just that you exhaust me. <laughs> yeah. so we were gonna talk about jordan peterson Did yeah talk about <laughs> yeah <laughs> like would you would you have lunch with jordan peterson you right, know right like Speaking that's the big question yeah. yeah 
exactly yeah he seems like a really intense dude you know <laughs> yeah would i be I able wonder, to like up? that's that's yeah. a bigger question like even right. if i disagree with him i'm like i know he's a highly intelligent dude yeah yeah he's crazy intelligent and you in like that's the craziest thing i've seen about is he'll do like these long speeches and he won't have like notes yeah or he anything that he's looking at yeah. yeah he's just kind of like it's just like this is all just kind of maintained in his head you know yeah. so yeah and that that's true like and that's like the most intimidating part about being around people that are really intelligent is their just ability just to like recall things put it into context put it out right like, and examples. even if yeah. you yeah even if you were to like take like their arguments later on and you could sit with them and then you can like deconstruct them and you would be able to like after an hour or so you'd be able to go like aha this is where you're wrong like yeah. the difference is you can't <laughs> like on can't the spot that. you're not gonna do that yeah that's why like when we were texting back and forth about about it it's a lot yeah. easier to do that because i can be like you know yeah i can sit with it exactly and i can you're like, okay, I, I see that point. Like, ah, but here's the hole in that, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. what about this? My first podcast, I used to do that and it used to piss my guests off. I I used to like have minor debates with them. And then afterwards I would record like an outro, you know, where like I would say what I wanted to say, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and my guests did not appreciate that because they're like that's not fair I, but you know i i'm like it doesn't really make my, you look bad it's just like i'm slow so i figured why not use this sort of format you know yeah go over the interview you know but they didn't like it i don't think they appreciate it you know because yeah. they're like well then i should be able to record my rebuttal after listening to it too you know yeah yeah i get I, you know i i can kind of get that you know but then there's always like the well you can always come back on you yeah. know and like do the rebuttal right yeah. <laughs> like yeah like there's nothing like stopping you from doing that like, exactly. yeah and then you could be and but then like i feel like there should be always be like a like a handshake or something or a hug at the end of it because right. it's like you know, it's, it's real easy to get, uh, like to get your, your identity of yourself tied up with your ideas. Right. Right. That's and, yeah. Yeah. True. And I like that. Like, um, I don't Do you know Jonathan Haidt? No, I'm not familiar. No, he's like a social psychologist. He wrote the book called the happiness hypothesis. And, um, he, like he puts it in terms of like the elephant and the writer, right? So it's like you um, like you can think of your mind as having like two parts, like an elephant and a writer, right? And these are your emotional and logical parts of your brain, right? Okay. You know, so what we are is an elephant, which represents our emotions and our emotions are very powerful and very strong. And right, it's hard sitting, to wrinkle. <laughs> yeah and then sitting on top is the writer which is like our logical like thinking parts right right and everybody like and 
you know, once you get your emotions going in one direction, the writer can't stop that elephant from moving in the direction yeah. that it wants to go. Right. It right. could maybe nudge it a little bit over right. a long period of time, right. but it's not going to get it to go where it wants it to go. And the biggest problem is that everybody thinks that their brains are the reverse of that, right? Everybody uh, thinks their logic is the elephant and that their emotions are the writer sitting on top right. of it. And that's right. not, that's just not how anyone operates. You know, right. I mean, sure, there might be like some weird cases out there where that's true for them, but it's like, for the most part, we're kind of controlled by our emotions, right? And that's why, like, I think what you do is important is like, you step back, right? Let the elephant cool down. And then you can like start to like nudge it in a different direction go like, okay, but what about these things? Yeah. And I never, I, I do try to, I like how you said, like, make it about your identity. Like I do try to notice myself doing that and distance myself and be like, okay, these are just fun ideas we're playing with. You know, I can yeah. really, in the end, I can see both sides of the argument if I'm, you know, if I get my ego out of it, then like, sure, I'll accept some of your, your points and I'll hold on to the ones that are important to me. But in the end, they're just ideas and they're not who I am, you know, like. Yeah. And that's, know? yeah. And that's really, that's actually really hard to do. And I feel like you gotta, you gotta practice like doing yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, you definitely have to like, notice yeah. it identify it and and convince yourself like you'll you'll be happier you'll be mentally healthier if you just like take a step back and like are like okay you're just having a debate like it should be fun you know it's just a way to socialize with somebody so yeah exactly yeah that's the key idea it's like you'll be happier if you're not tied up in all this stuff yeah exactly yeah. So. And I think this is where like meditation comes in because meditation is is just that. It's just like, okay, you're sitting, you're being still, you're focusing on your breathing and then you're going to have thoughts. Thoughts are going to come in. Nobody can get rid of that, right? Right. But what you do is you just practice like accepting the thoughts, right? letting them go and then coming back to your breath and then more thoughts are going to come, you know, and right. that's okay, right? But that's what the... The most important part is the practicing of I'm going to let it go, right? Yeah. Identifying it, seeing it, and yeah, letting it, not taking ownership of it. Right. Yeah. 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 And then so it's like, okay. And then I feel like if you, that's like a good way of practicing, like letting go or like even like just dissociating like ideas and things that are thoughts that you're having from like who you are as a per person. Right. right yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. exactly because yeah. yeah at least in the buddhist like buddhist teachings they teach about like non-self that yeah the self can't be reduced to one thing you know like we aren't necessarily our bodies we aren't our thought process you know we're something that like transcends a label you know right yeah like, so yeah. you know our thoughts will happen but that they're not yeah they're not us yeah 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 it's yeah it's complicated right because we want to think of ourselves as like a unitary thing right, right. as just one thing but then and if we were useful. 
Yeah. Yeah. In some ways it's useful, but like, you know, if we were that, we wouldn't ever feel conflicted about things. Right. Like, I, I think that that emotion where you're like, uh, this, like, I'm having like two feelings at the same time. Yeah. is like one Cognitive of those business. Yeah. that you're just not one thing. Right. You're like yeah. a competition of a bunch of things going on up here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or you could have two choices, both of which have positive outcomes, but you can only do one thing. Right. So, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, but you have those two before you take action, you have those two possibilities existing in, in your head. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, cognitive dissonance, that's that concept in social psychology um, acting like, or having two thoughts that contradict each other. And like a lot of times we, you know, I like this person, but I don't like their friend, you know, like, yeah those are two competing thoughts really because if i like this guy then i should like who he likes you know yeah. <laughs> i it's just an example of yeah yeah, yeah. Two competing yeah. thoughts and yeah it's like like how can you yeah that's like the thing is like how can you enjoy that person and me at the same time we're so different right, right. exactly but in different contexts you know like we find a way to resolve it somehow um and bring it back to like we are this one unitary thing because it 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 would be hurtful or harmful if we went through life constantly like well this and that you know like yeah. you have to make a decision eventually you know like maybe when yeah. it comes to bringing it back to like a debate when it comes to debating eventually like i'll be thinking about it the rest of my life if i don't settle on like an opinion you know which yeah has been a problem kind of for me that i'm like i'm so i desire so much to see everybody's point of view that i don't necessarily have one a strong one of my own at this point <laughs> on a lot of topics and yeah which is, not, which is also not the best way to go through life you know like i'm very indecisive a lot of times, even like when choosing something on a menu, you know, like, cause like I'm very loath to have an opinion, to have a strong opinion about anything, which itself can be problematic. So I think yeah. finding that balance, finding that balance really between having a strong opinion, but being accepting of contradictory information, I think is, is the way to be. Yeah, you you gotta you gotta be like on a line somewhere in there. You, you know what you remind me of? Have you ever seen uh, the Good Place? It's a show. Uh, it's no longer on. Yeah, I've my, heard of it. Yeah, I've my buddy, he's a graphic uh, designer, and he worked on that show. He was like, "You gotta watch the show. Like, it's really it's really funny." But there's a guy in there named Cheedy, who's exactly that. Like his whole like like he he uh like his claim to th fame is that. He wrote like a, it was something like a 2000 page thesis where he argues like, like the two opposite points right? because he can't ever like make Decide. a decision on either one. And then yeah. he like immediately dies right after that. 
like oh. not ever making a decision. Oh god. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is like kind of like one of these like really funny like uh like premises. Well that's what that reminded me of is like yeah like like yeah you you yearn to see like all points as much as you can but then like because but you can get fall into that trap of like never making a decision right yeah. and yeah. so it almost feels like like that should be like an oscillation right of like you open yourself up and then you close yourself up and then you open yourself up and you close yourself up to like whatever the 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 thing that you're conflicted about right you make a decision so that you're back in here in like the realm of orderliness yeah and then if you want to go into like discovering new information or seeing new points you have to step into the realm of chaos right because that's where you extract new information from and that's jordan's peterson's yeah you know <laughs> like, say. like point right there is just like yeah like look you have orderliness and you have chaos and the proper place to be is somewhere in the middle of that or oscillating between those two places. What you right. can't do is just go all in on one side or the other side, yeah. right? Because if you get too orderly, then when the environment changes, you can't adapt to the environment, right? right because right. you're so rigid in your rules and the walls that you've set up yes. and all these definitions. But you know, if you get too far on the other side in the realm of chaos well now you have no structure right yeah. like you're you're letting everything come in at you and you're like almost like like the winds are dictating your life like you aren't dictating right. your life right and that's there's, there's yeah, no and that's progress you, you can't really you're harder pressed to progress from that position yeah without yeah. support structure yeah exactly yeah 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 and so it it becomes kind of um yeah it becomes kind of wild to think about like I, and i like putting things in those terms of like all right you have orderliness and you have chaos and the right place to be is somewhere in the middle of those two places but that that middle isn't a defined line right and that's like, that's what makes like living life so hard is that it's like, like the closer you get to that middle, the fuzzier and fuzzier it starts to become. Yeah. Right. And then so like you, you have to like, you're kind of forced to make a decision of like, I think it's right here. Right. Whereas somebody else might think it's right here. Right. Right. Like a little bit different from where you think. And, right. you know, and you got to, and that's where like the concept of forgiveness comes in or, you know, of compassion, because you go like, all right, yeah, that person's landed on a different spot than I have. Right. But we're all still trying to play the same game. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can't fault people for making different decisions that because this is a hard game to play. Right. right? Yeah. And that's, you know, difficult for me because I'm extremely judgmental of people. <laughs> can be too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm so judgmental. And then, you know, like it, when you have kids, they're like a mirror of like, of yourself and you start yeah. to see like all these things play out in them. Yeah. You're like, Oh God, am I like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, like my son just turned into this like, thing that just like 
like look you show him how some how one way of doing something and then he comes to believe that that's the only way that anything should ever go in right like you set up your your placemat in front of you the water cup has to be on the top right hand corner the milk cup has to be on the top left hand corner and you know heaven forbid if you ever switch those two things you know (laughs) so it's like okay and then if you do it on your own plate and then he starts correcting you it's like whoa hey buddy (laughs) <laughs> let's chill out <laughs> like, like it's all right if it's here remember mom's left-handed <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Right. and do you, do you think that's analogous do you see some of that in your own thinking yeah like yeah like- i do it like yeah i do it at a different level you know like for me it's like i judge <laughs> this is horrible to say out loud you know like i know this about me but it's like like when i see somebody that's making like life decisions that are way different than what the ones i would have made i find myself just like like judge like being extremely judgmental of that you know of going like how can you do that that's so stupid like why would you do you know like that's that's like the the things that are going on in my head and um See, I've yeah, been I, the one that makes those stupid decisions. So I totally, <laughs> I totally get it. I totally, because people have been really frustrated with me. So I kind of, yeah, it comes from a good place though. So don't be too hard on yourself. Cause yeah, I know that. Yeah, that's the thing. You're right. It's like, that's what I, that's what helps calm me down is like going like, yeah, this person didn't live your life dummy. You know, like they, they haven't had all of your experiences. They don't know everything that you know. And because their circumstance and life experiences have been dramatically different than yours, it has landed them in a spot that, that where they're making a different decision, but that might not be the wrong decision for them. Right. Right. And then that's where like the compassion piece like comes back into play of like going like, yeah, all right. I have to like, let it go because I don't, I don't, I don't even know all the details. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just don't know. Like, I like, because you, you know, you can get to know somebody extremely well, you know, like I've been together with Jen for like 50, like over 15 years now. Wow. Right. And so I know her really well. Do I know what thoughts she's having? No, you can't. Right. I can't read her mind. And I've known my son his whole life. Right. Like, you know, I've, I've been there, you know, with him, like his whole life. I've seen every step of his development and I cannot read him. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's, and that's like the, that's like the, the thing is like that I wish, you know, I had told my younger self of like, dude, if you can't even predict this thing that you've raised, yeah. right. What makes you think, that you have like the right to judge someone else that maybe you even haven't even had a, a deep conversation with. Right. Exactly. And that's also something that takes practice to step back and tell yourself that you're right. I learned that in social psychology a lot. There's a lot of research about like assumptions we make about people. And um, there's this interesting area called the self-fulfilling prophecy where like 
socially anxious people will look for cues in the other person that say that they're failing at the interaction, you know, and they'll get yeah. more nervous and they'll shut down and the, you know, it'll, it'll fulfill the prophecy that they created for themselves. You know, what the, whatever they were nervous about mm -hmm. and in the same way, we, we just can't ever know, like the more we try to grasp at controlling what's going to happen and explaining people's behavior you know like the more off or the more we're just going to create that situation and it's not really going to be accurate um that i don't know that that's kind of a stretch but more so there, there's this thing called the fundamental attribution error that we all tend to assume that the other person is acting from like internal causes like if if they let's say they drop they spill their drink or something we blame right. that person for being clumsy like that's just who they are but then when we do the same thing we tend to blame our environment um so then i started to think like well to overwrite this bias that every time i see somebody make a mistake i'm like okay now what what could have caused it besides them just being an idiot you know like so I, yeah. I try to be more compassionate that way. That's a better example. The self-fulfilling prophecy, kind of a stretch, but, <laughs> but the, the attribution bias, we attribute everything other people do to like some internal fault. Where yeah. we know, you know, if they're just having a bad day, they're distracted that day, you know, maybe they're not just a klutz all the time. Yeah. In the case of spilling a drink, you know, like, so I try to take a step back ever since I learned about that, which was in undergrad. Um, like, what was that? 2000, like three. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. Ever like since almost then, 20 been, years ago. Yeah. <laughs> ever since then, I've been trying to sort of take a step back and be like, okay, what are the other explanations for this person's behavior? Because again, we can't read their minds. So what are you going to just go through all the possibilities? And by the end of the list, you're like, well, they're probably not a bad person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably not a psychopath. You know, yeah. that's probably like me introducing a bunch of things into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but you get my point that. Yeah. 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 yeah like, I mean, the self-fulfilling prophecy comes in just in that we make a lot of assumptions about people. And that can really affect how we see them. You know, like we we don't necessarily see what's there. You know, we see a confirmation of our expectations uh, ah, a lot of the time. So if we take a step back and we don't have these assumptions about people coming into a situation, then we're going to be able to see all the possibilities like for the explanations for their behavior. So that's that's kind of how it relates. It's not that that much of a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry, I had I, I'm a little OCD. If I like, if something doesn't make sense that I bring up, then I have to keep attacking it until. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm the same sense. way. Yeah. 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 That's for sure. Yeah. Like. Um, yeah, I like that that idea of like 
what we perceive may not be like it's always like tainted with like our own stuff yeah you know like and and um you know how we were raised and how we see you know raised to see things or the lessons that we've learned with time and yeah. and all that yeah and it's it's so yeah that yeah it just makes life so complicated it's i find it really interesting too you know like i've, I've lately been getting into you know psychology and understanding like you know all these um yeah and, and then just just reading books on it you know like i've read tons of books on just like even just how to like get your 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 life together and how to use your own psychology to do that you know <laughs> like right. yeah and and it, i find that 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 a lot of them have like these really deep and fundamental truths and when i was teaching i was trying to uh really get in as much of that stuff into the curriculum for my students right because that's where i see like a huge deficit in them is like you know when you grow up poor or when you grow up with like not much you know and your parents are immigrants and they're constantly working like it's not just that you have no money it's that the people that are there to raise you a most of the time aren't around and b like most of the time they weren't even raised right so you essentially right. have like a kid parenting another kid kid yeah yeah right for so generations and generations yeah <laughs> yeah they just don't even know like where to start or they don't even know like like how things could be different right. right like they don't even have like a starting point or an idea or a conception of any of that right and i didn't even see that until i was like in college already right you know and how <laughs> are you supposed to critique them when you know like when you don't know, you don't know what's normal what, or what's healthier, you know? Yeah. You know, and some kids, like the brighter kids will pick up on hints that something is wrong. Yeah. You know, based on like the, the content that they absorb. Right. And mm -hmm. so like for me growing up that we had all these shows where you had like these high functioning families Right. You know, you have you know, like you get a sense of what what people think is normal, at least. Yeah. You have like family matters. And uh, uh, what was the other one with? Uh, oh, Full House. Full House. Yeah, it was a little earlier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But even then, like all of those shows where you had like a good family and parents that knew what to say and what to do in specific situations. Right. Like yeah. that was a model for me, you know, because I would, I would look at that and then I would look at my surroundings and I'd go like, yeah, there's something weird going on. here. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. like, why don't we live the way these guys live? And, you know, and the answer was always like, well, we're not rich, man. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, like shut up. You That's know, not real. Like, That's not real. Yeah. It's not real. I'm like, yeah, but like they talk to their kids. How come nobody's talking to me right now? You know, <laughs> you're right. And, and they seem to know what, what's going on. And, they, and then so what I, I started to do is I started to absorb like a lot of those lessons and incorporating, you know, so now like the dads of those shows kind of like became my dad because my actual dad wasn't around. Right. And then my mom 
you know, was around, she kind of like stayed my mom. Right. And that helped me like, kind of like, like, I really think that that helped me that shaped my, the way I viewed the world and understood like, Oh, there's always something better. There's always something better. Right. There's always something that I can strive for so that when I do wind up having my own family, right. Um, I don't have to like pass on all these crappy lessons that I got. Right. I can make something better there. And yeah, you can improve upon. Yeah. You know, and I know that I'm not going to be perfect at it, but you know, like I, I can get like 90% of the way there, you know, <laughs> like, or, or 80%, like something more, which is better than 0%. And the thing that worries me a lot about like, um, about modern times is that everything is dark and edgy, right? Like those shows, you know, oh yeah, are gone. Right. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. And they're... they're not and they're not in popular media anymore. Right. And if they do come on, like like society has said, like, oh, you know, that's too corny or that's not real or that's not, you know, I want to give me the real stuff. I want to see somebody, you know, who's yeah. like parents are divorced and their kids, you know, doing meth under the bridge. And you know what I mean? Like, like that, they like, and it's like, okay, like. That yeah, that's not really movie. real either, you know. You're right, Most people yeah. aren't that, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, some in between sort of family in between. Yeah, would yeah, be and, most realistic and the most helpful as a model. Um, Modern Family is is that it, still going? I don't know. <laughs> I, that, yeah. I went to the but, dentist and they were playing season one, and I was like. Yeah. oh man i love this show <laughs> like yeah. this is actually like really good and uh, i don't know if it's still going anymore right. but that was kind of you know that was pretty good that was pretty close you know right and it yeah. had like like these darker moments that i was like oh that's funny i don't know if that would ever like get on tv now you know there's one where like ed o'neill's character because ed o'neill and sofia vergara are married in the show right mm -hmm. and she comes back from the gym and she's like you know all sweaty or whatever, and they talk and then she goes Oh, I'm going to head over to the shower. Do you want to join me? And he just goes to her and goes, uh, hey, look, like in my garage, there's a locker with a gun in it. If I ever say no to that question, I want you to use it on me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I don't, like with all the school shootings and stuff, like, I don't know yeah, if that show little... would make it past the filters or that if that scene would make it past the filters yeah. and sensors and all of that, you know? Right. And so, <laughs> but I was like, damn, that's so funny. That's so yeah, good. Really funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's still a pretty lighthearted. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Positive show. When you said edgy and dark, I thought of the Connors. Have you? I haven't of, seen that one. No. You know what I'm talking about? The, yeah. the Roseanne spinoff. Yeah. Yeah. And that they're always dealing with like some pretty like heavy issues things. yeah like drug abuse and i mean it starts with roseanne supposedly has yeah, died from off. a drug overdose um so that's you know the premise of the whole show is that they're like getting back together to mourn uh, mourn an overdose so like but yeah there's still there's still some positivity in there 
Uh, right. In that like tragedy tends to bring people closer together. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. just in general, like in every episode, the they're mostly respectful of each other. Like I mean, there's you know, they're constantly like lightly mocking each other. But yeah, yeah. but it's still not the chaos of a you know of that some people experience like in real life. Right. Yeah. But, uh, but I I see your point that nowadays, like they remade um, Fresh Prince, but as a drama, you know, okay. so, like so it's right. no I longer <laughs> it's no longer like this. Like that's what all the remakes are. All the remakes have been turned in. Like they even did like Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Now it's a drama. Oh. They did like Riverdale, you know, Ridiculous. which is like yeah and. And like they just like, like why are we dramatizing everything? You know, no, can't like the lighthearted. Yeah, well, it's not just the lightheartedness, but like, where's the the ideal, right? Right. In any of this, right? Because that that's that's the thing that I miss about like those shows of the '80s and '90s is that they offered an ideal, right? Right. Something Some, to strive for. Yeah. Something yeah. to strive for. Something to let you know, like, hey. Like if you're, you know, if things aren't like this, they can be, right? Or at the very least, you know, you you should be, this is like the, what you should be aiming for, right? right. And, and that's gone, you know, and that's, and, and everything is like now just dark and, and gloomy and depressing and, yeah. You know, and there's like a ton of movies now that don't even end with the good guy winning. You know, <laughs> like, like it's just like, wow, that's it. Like, yeah, I got an I got an emotional response to the end of that movie, but was I left like feeling inspired, or was I left feeling like like there's something that I should be striving for? No, it's just like, yeah, it's just like, and, like yeah, and my fear is like we're doing this so much. And, and you look at like a young person now, right? Like a young person, let's think about what's the message that they're being sent by society right now, right? That like, society is horrible. Yeah, yeah. That, that it's that like society's horrible. Everybody's overdosing on drugs. The climate's like, you know, screwed. Yeah. The planet's going to be on fire and the Everybody. parts that aren't on fire are going to be underwater. Yeah, right. Everybody's shooting at each other. Everybody's gonna be shooting. There's like, you know, food's gonna run out. Now gas prices are going up, and you yeah. know, you're not gonna be able to afford a house. You can't like afford, you know, to live in California anymore, even though you're you and your whole family and generations before them have lived here because yeah. it's gotten too damn expensive. You know, cor large corporations are screwing their workers by not paying them enough, you know. Like college has become way too expensive. Even the ones that were meant for, you know, poor people, like, like they're just getting beat down over yeah. and over and over again, you know? And, and then, you know, heaven forbid that on top of that, they're white. Because right? yeah. now they're being told, like, not only is all this crap happening, it's, it's your fault. Your fault. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. you know it's just like, God, like, I feel so bad, like, for these kids. Cause that's what they, they're kids, right? I don't care what color you are. You're a kid, man. 
right? Like, is this yeah. is this the message that we should be sending to them? Yeah, that that's the whole debate over critical race theory, right? Have you? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, like, like at some point, like you got to step back and 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 like not just be critical, you know? Yeah. Like you got to be, you, you got to offer a way out. Like, yeah, offer inspiration, offer something, you know, solutions. to give people. And the in the in the it's not just like offering solutions. But op- like, I really believe in that idea of offering an ideal, an ideal, right? Yeah. And the ideal can't be an opposition, right? Your ideal can't be screw white people or screw rich people for that matter, or screw anybody, right? Right. The ideal has to be something about yourself, individualistic, right? It has to be like, there is something to be striving for. And you should be striving for that because you will gain something through the striving. Right. Right. Through the wrestling with that thing. Right. Yeah. It's not just dismantling. Right. Power structures or whatever. Like, yeah. And that, and that dismantling thing is like, (laughs) all right. I saw uh, recently, like there's a new Sylvester Stallone movie right uh it's like on amazon forgot what it's called i forgot yeah i can't remember what it was but it's basically like one of those like old guy like uh mentors a kid type of movie right and Uh he plays like a like a guy that has superpowers right and there's this one scene i was like yeah i like that's really that's a really important message that we should be throwing out there is like because one of the things that he does is he kind of like like takes broken toasters, takes broken clocks and just like fixes them and then sells them, right? For mm-hmm. like just some extra cash or whatever. And the kid like goes up to him. He's like, why are you like bringing in all this trash in here and like trying to fix it? And he grabs a toaster and then he crushes it in his hand. And he goes mm-hmm. like, you see that? Like that was easy, right? It's real right. easy to destroy. Right now, mm-hmm. putting this thing back together, that's freaking hard. Right? Oh, Samaritan. Is that a Samaritan? Yeah, yeah, that's what it is, right? Okay. And you know, it's like a you know, it's like a classic superhero, you know, action action thing. movie. Yeah. But that one scene like really struck in my mind because it was like, yes, that's a point that I've seen made in other places before that has a lot of truth behind it. And that is that uh, breaking things is easy. Dismantling things is easy. Criticizing things is easy, right? Destruction is easy, right? It just takes one little spark to light an entire forest on fire right now, right? It's Mm -hmm. real easy to do. But what's freaking hard is putting that stuff together or making something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's or, really hard. And that requires a lot of thought and a lot of effort and a lot of energy and a lot of planning. And that's and that's the problem that I that I kind of have with a lot of this critical race theory is like, where is the effort to build something that is beautiful? Yeah, I, right. Yeah and powerful yeah. and that everyone can get behind right yeah. 
because mm -hmm. right now it's been politicized and you know you have one side that's into this and one side that sees it as destructive and goes i don't want any part of that yeah you're not going to get me to join you on that right which i i think i personally think that it just should be saved for college it's i mean it was created by a college professor mm -hmm. and um you can teach about the evils of racism you know like in the context yeah. of slavery you know like i feel like it's also it's kind of like a cash grab for the professor that made it <laughs> like, yeah she's celebrating right now yeah and <laughs> it, you know and by extension like the BLM organizers and you see yeah. how like they're profiting like like crazy like this they're buying yeah. real estate they're buying cars they're buying you know what I mean it's just like yes all I right do, I do think I don't like the idea that you wouldn't be critical of how we've treated ethnic minorities you know like I definitely think that should be in the curriculum but yeah, for sure. Specifically, yeah. critical race theory, I think, is a college level topic. That, yeah, and it does it it does make people people think that it's only about what's wrong with what's going on, and it, it might actually. I mean, it focuses on what's wrong. Yeah, not not what the to do about part, it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not what really to do about it. Um, yeah, I read uh, um, I read Ibram X Kendi's book. Oh uh, yeah, know? yeah. I read the I read it the whole thing, and I was just like, in this whole book, he offers maybe two policy changes, mm -hmm. right? That's and then a whole lot of destruction, <laughs> you know, like beyond that, like, oh, this should be torn down and this idea should be torn down and this should be like, it's like, God, yeah. guy, like, let's like, where's the building in any, in any of this, you know? Right. And I, you know, and that's, and that's something that I, I, you know, it was actually really hard for me to read that book. Really? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I had a hard time because there was a lot of like logical fallacies that were being, oh, really? you know? Yeah. There's like this false choice fallacy that that plagues throughout the entire book. And the 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 false choice is uh you're either with us or you're against us. Right? right. Yeah, that you, kind of rhetoric. Yeah, which is like, like yeah, like like he makes an argument that if if you are like race neutral, you're against critical, you know, like yeah. against critical race theory, against Black Lives Matter, against like all these like, and it's just like, God, dude, you, you just pigeonholed everyone into a corner, you know? Yeah. And mm -hmm. because you've done that, you just made a ton of people antagonistic towards you, yeah. right? And that's like, and that's, that's no way to like, to create something yeah. is by antagonizing uh, a whole group of people that, not yeah. even people that are against you, people that just go, I don't want to be a part of this. Exactly. You made them yeah, but, your enemy you know, as well. It's, it's the whole, like, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem thing. Yeah. Which, yeah, which, which I don't agree with. Yeah. Yeah, that's a false choice. Straight right. up.
it's like, I don't know, whenever I, I, I see a lot of things and especially things that are posted online, I'm always like, man, like, did everyone forget? Like, because <laughs> I learned it in college of like logical fallacies. Right. Yeah. I think I learned it in like psych in a psychology class or something. Right. Of like, here's all the logical fallacies. Yeah. I don't remember. And, and you know, there's a ton of them. And it, every yeah. time I like, I see something, it brings me back to that class of like, oh, that's ad hominem. That's false choice. That's right. like, you know, <laughs> like, that's like, well, like, factual. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh, that's actual thinking. Yeah. And then like Twitter is like the worst. Anytime I see something like posted about Twitter, I'm like, dude, that that whole thing is a logical fallacy. Yeah. Like, oh my know. God. I'd spent way too much time on Twitter. I just finally deleted my account. Yeah. It's I'm it's, like it's just like, not a good place to have a conversation. No, because like yeah, there is that that fallacy going on all over the place where like if you critique someone's argument. You're like, I agree with you, but like, this is the hole in your statement. You know, like, I agree with your larger position, but like, this is not the way to say it. And then, of course, I'm the enemy. Like, you know, what are you, you some like right wing nut job, like, F off, you know? And I'm like, no, I'm on your side. Yeah. <laughs> Like I'm, I mean, pretty hard left. I'm pointing this out so that you can patch the hole, not yeah, so that exactly. <laughs> you know? I want to tear you down, but yeah, people do and yeah. No, I've gotten so much shit when I've been like. So I I don't mind teaching critical race theory as long as people are also taught sort of critical thinking in general, mm -hmm. and you know that usually is undergraduate level. Yeah, you know that's where I really learned how to pick apart a research project or a research article, and really think for myself about things. And but I so I, I've gotten a lot of shit because I my I tried to spread this phrase that it's not about turning the table; it's about flipping the table. Which <laughs> I don't like. Whatever. I was trying to think of what else you can do with the table. Yeah, <laughs> like, turn the table because because I think a lot of people who don't like critical race theory and talking about our past in general, they are worried that people who are underprivileged just want to turn the tables, you know, and like they want you know the privilege to give up their positions of power. And, mm. you know, we're so and Jordan Peterson talks about that, like, right, we were talking about over text, like equality of opportunity versus equality of outcomes. Yes. Yeah. That's a big thing that he hits. Yeah. And I kind of I tend to agree with that. I think there's a lot of bias in the hiring process and stuff where people who are accomplished and competent still are not getting the jobs but that mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you know the white person has to give up their position step aside for the you know the person whose parents were or great-grandparents were slaves you know i yeah, think that's that's, that's a, scarcity thinking right there yeah and i think it's false i don't think 
I think most people don't want to turn the tables. You know, they just want to also have the same fighting chance that the yeah. privileged do. But I, yes. you know, I feel like, you know, there's all this like white people are underprivileged too, can be poor or whatever. But it's it's kind of missing the point. Yeah. You know, that there's it's not just about socioeconomic standing. Um you know the Yeah, and that's, and and that's about compounded debt and yeah. Income. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that the debt thing is is really affecting everyone a lot right now. And and you know, you know, Biden just did that debt relief thing and that boosted his numbers quite a bit because like yeah that that because people aren't that dumb you know because like you can look at other countries and go like why don't they have to pay for college right and then why are they like doing so much better and you point a lot to and a lot of people point to like the scandinavian countries you know because you know it's like they don't have to pay for schooling. They tend to have happier or higher levels of happiness. You know, they they have a lot of like medicine that where they have public options for everyone, you know? And then it's like, like not everything where you like give everyone healthcare is akin to socialism. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which is like the that's like a logical fallacy in itself right there. It's like you're you're extending beyond like what the argument is. Like, right? Like it's like mm. no, like it's not you know, um it's a component of a socialist society, but it alone doesn't make a, a society socialist. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've tried to and, explain that to some people and yeah, like, no, that sounds too smart. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. You're, yeah. You're tricking but, me. Yeah, and this is like the problem with uh you know, it's it's this is the problem with talking to the masses, right? Is that like you can make a really articulated point about something, but the masses aren't going to get all that detail. You no, know? and that like something will go off in their head that's like that that's too complicated. That's right. slimy, that sounds sneaky, you know? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then so it's like, okay, what like yeah, that's and that can take us like down like a whole nother path there too. <laughs> but like, you know, like going going back to like this uh oh, wow, now I like lost my place here. Sorry, that's my bad. Yeah, no, you, no you're, doing, you're doing good. Um, yeah, of like, like there seems to be like this level of nuance that people are trying, that some people, I feel like people have stopped trying to give out, right? Like, uh, because it's just easier to like put everyone into a category or into a box. Yeah. All right, like, oh, you're in like that red box and you're in that blue box and you're in that, you know, you're in that gay box and you're in that cis box or whatever. I don't know what you know I don't know what any yeah, of these boxes I, are called. I barely know what cis yeah, means. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, okay, like 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 that kind of thinking is is like on the one hand, it has some benefits in that you don't have to think. You don't have to waste a whole lot of mind power and 
right? Yeah. In, mm -hmm. in having to think about all those things. Yep, but, that's why we have stereotypes in the first place too. Right, yeah. And then, but on the other hand, like all that like very like low level thinking like, like doesn't make you as an individual like any happier because you're looking at the world in a really low resolution exactly that's yeah right and and because you're looking at things in a low resolution something that looks like a camel might actually be two people right you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know like like it's just yeah. like or i had like i had a really frustrating conversation with someone a while back where we were talking about some heated topic like you seem to get into a lot of those <laughs> i do i'm i'm better at like at getting out of them now okay good. <laughs> getting into them yeah <laughs> i i do get into a lot of those but no this was a while ago though and yeah but um i don't really want to get into too much detail because i i don't know who might end up listening to this but um, yeah um no I, I mean it ended up fine but basically like it was a sensitive topic so i feel like we both started looking at things in a low resolution and i said something like that is like i agreed i was like yeah that is not stupid i said the word not stupid and the person was like did you just call it stupid <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, like, are we that not nuanced now that like <laughs> that words? I, yeah, like the, you're missing words. Yeah, you know? and it, yeah, it gets so frustrating. I like, we should be careful calling it like calling people the masses and stuff because that's you know, true. Yeah, in some ways, we're we're the masses. You know, we're part yeah. of. Yeah, and it's not it's not yeah. that I'm saying like the masses. I'm saying like there seems to be a problem with uh like like it almost feels like the more people you talk to at any given time the less of the words they all seem to absorb exactly yeah so right that's what i'm talking about like the masses like there's like this relationship where like i am talking to you the amount of miscommunication that's going to happen between us is going to be pretty small you know because right. we have the time to clarify and and choose our words and we give each other like leeway you know like yeah. but then if i'm talking to two people that's going to be less so the case now if i'm talking to like 30 people like i am in my classroom you know this is why i have to like repeat myself over and over again because right? <laughs> it's like yeah like a lot of you guys aren't getting all this information even though i clearly said it wrote it down gave it to you in picture format like you know like showed you a video like yeah, there's still going to be parts of this message that are going to be lost. And then you think about like on something like, like social media. And if you have like a particularly big following, now you're trying to send a message out to like tens of thousands of people or hundreds of thousands of people yeah. or millions of people. Right. And for some reason, the amount of detail that's in your message just doesn't get captured yeah. by all of those people. And yep. I think this is why a lot of people have like um, are very antagonistic to people like Joe Rogan, like Jordan Peterson, like, you know, like, like all these people, because 
what they're seeing is like a really low resolution of that person through something like social media, right? I agree. Yeah. And you know, and I mean, I, 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 I would be, I'm reluctant to put Joe Rogan in there. I, I get why you put him in there, mm -hmm. but he also has just made a few faux pas, a, a few mistakes. That okay, just, so what is a faux pas? Or right? I mean, like let's I think mean, about that, right? Like it's I like mean, dropping the N word a bunch. That, yeah, that, and like look, I, you, he's apologized I, for that, so he, you know, yeah, and giving voice to like what's his name that conspiracy theorist um well oh, alex, alex jones alex jones yeah <laughs> yeah. Alex jones, yeah i yeah i'm reluctant to put them in the same category because jordan peterson is a little more there yeah i i, I see why you put them together yeah because like the the, the open, point is they're open to thoughts they the both of them have been attacked by a mass of people yeah right i, I just think and joe rogan has made a few more mistakes like probably he's not yeah. an academic he's a comedian exactly yeah. right and i'm like like we should probably treat comedians differently than academics right like we should give them a little bit more leeway we should yeah. make them feel free to express their artistic forms and yeah. we should all understand that they're going to make mistakes in doing that right I don't, but it is yeah. good for them to push the envelope. It's good for society I, for I them to so do too. that, right? I think so too. I yeah, and there I don't like. Yeah, we could go down a rabbit hole on this one, but I don't like this new sort of direction society is taking, where it's like just don't listen. You know, like. He's not talking to you directly. Yeah. <laughs> He's not calling you that N-word, you know, or that whatever word. Yeah. Word, but even then, whatever. like, it's like, all right, well, was he He's... using the N-word at a person? Was he, no. like, using it in he a derogatory a way? He, he did use it a lot. lot. <laughs> but it's like, you know, like, right. yeah, I will yeah, grant you that, that, yeah. There's that lack of nuance. Right? But it's like, right? yeah, like... like you're you're not supposed to accept it in any context whatsoever and i don't i don't but then know that's like absolutism that. right there right yeah but you know good luck telling an african-american person like to calm down about mm. that because like there's no i've actually had this conversation with a a black friend of mine and yeah, we we had to move on real quick. Because <laughs> um, there's no like I'm, easy you know, way. not blanket statement. Just with this one person, there was no being like, but the context, but the context. Like I don't care, you know, I don't care about the context. He was mm -hmm. saying so. Yeah, but then it's and, like and it's hard to like. I don't want to die on that hill, you know. I'm not going to be like, no, you're wrong. Like, you know what? I I don't understand it. Mm -hmm. You know, although I've been called words for Jewish and yeah, then I do quickly understand why, yeah. I don't, you know, like what, not caring about context, but no, you know, I, I feel like in society, there's this like new, like accessibility, everybody's accessible to everybody else. 
So people feel like they have a right to like directly address these entertainers and stuff. And like, like I had a few stalkers after my first podcast um, and people harassing me online and stuff. And I'm like, I was I talking to you directly? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know you, man. Like, what gives you the right to bother me? Like, <laughs> yeah, honestly, right. like. Just turn it off, man. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, like who's who's, yeah. who's uh, uh, forcing the headphones on you and pushing play? Exactly. Like, maybe the first right? time. I'm like, I'm sorry that you got tricked into it the first time. But don't hate listen to me, you know, and then make it my problem. You know, like. Yeah. But at that like, point, it's like, that's their problem. That's not your problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's sure. like. You know, whenever I see anyone spewing any kind of like hateful comments or being angry, like publicly like that, the first thought that comes into my head is, oh, man, what happened like to this poor soul? Right. Why yeah. is it that that they are filled with so much rage and anger that they've decided to direct it on to a single person? Right. In those cases, yeah. you. Right. It's like there's no such thing as a happy, well-adjusted people that goes online and waste time spewing hatred and anger upon a person. Yeah. Right? Like that's like that's not a thing. And and going back earlier to like understanding like words, right? And like yeah. how they can be hurtful and how they can be meaningful. There does seem to be one exception to all of that. And that is my people. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. which i i which i really want to like figure out why that happens right like because like i see black people and i see certain words said about them and i see how upset that makes them and i see jewish people and i see that how that affects them and i see like all these other minority groups and then somebody calls one of my people like a wetback or something like that well, and i'm like i've seen some pretty bad reactions yeah <laughs> yeah but for on the whole like we like when they try to get rid of speedy gonzalez for being racist it was mexican people that are like no he's our man yeah We're, we we want him <laughs> Remember, the, the taco you know what I mean? too. yeah yeah and it's like like on the whole like mexican people are like yeah, dude, whatever. Like, you know, we see a white guy wearing like a giant sombrero and bandoleros and two pistols and a serape, you know, we're like, yeah, you're dude, like, that guy looks like he knows how to party, you know, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like, like, it's like, like, That's we don't get like, get. as, like, as upset about all of this stuff, you know, and maybe it has to do with like the mixed heritage, right? Where like, you know, every Mexican person is like a mixture of some native and some European person. So really, like, who are we gonna get mad at? Right? Right. Like, you know, like yeah, what nobody, do I nobody like, thinks about it that way, but because right. if we're gonna get mad at somebody, we're getting mad at like half our ancestry right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, that doesn't make really make sense. That doesn't like you yeah. know, and so like I think that might be the key reason to like why, you know, like, you know, Mexican people just don't get upset at any of that stuff. Yeah. You know, on I the whole, that. there yeah. are some, you know, individuals that are like, yeah, get touchy. 
yeah believe it or not i've i've pissed off so <laughs> i've pissed off people <laughs> i've pissed off people of all create equal opportunity yeah. <laughs> offender yeah offender. not that i meant to i wasn't trying to well that makes me feel be, better you know <laughs> yeah, i wasn't trying to be edgy or anything yeah now yeah. i have to tell you one time so i was going over colors and what different colors remind me of mm -hmm. and i said the color brown reminds me of poop and one of my friends like got like red right in the face with me <laughs> I was like, well, I was like i wasn't thinking about skin color yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it also by the way reminds me of trees and yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's not the only like, thing that's just the first thing that came yeah. to my mind <laughs> so it wasn't like i was going through slurs you know yeah yeah and that's a, and i think that matters right like you didn't like like the question wasn't like like what comes to mind when you hear lazy and unmotivated right and then you thought like oh mexicans Mexican. you know like, like no. No, no, no 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 we're talking about colors that's exactly. it right like we're not yeah. talking about anything else we're not talking about people we're not talking about like you know we're just talking about like the basic yeah. colors here exactly like i was like talking about blue and green too like yeah that those are not skin colors obviously you know but yeah how people hear what what's important to them you know like they filter the words speaking yeah. of low resolution like everybody's just on edge too i i feel it's not only the more people you talk to at one time i think it's also the topic you're talking about like and if even if it's race adjacent yeah primary colors you know yeah you, you say the word color then i know <laughs> like, then now people up. are getting triggered yeah, yeah exactly and yeah. once they're triggered they're again they're not hearing the the word no or not you know they're not hearing not stupid they're yeah hearing you call them stupid and, yeah exactly yeah so yeah and that's but, yeah and that's a tragedy you know and that and that's the elephant right that's the elephant right there exactly yeah right it's like you have an emotional response you react immediately right yep and there's and that's, no reeling it in yeah yep. yeah and at that point yeah there's like you can't you know like people just can't and so like once you start to see that in other people it's like it, the smart thing to do is just to go like I'm gonna let you cool off for a little bit. Let's change the subject. Let's talk about something else. Let's you know. Exactly. Let's yeah. see if we can find something that's gonna make us more cohesive. And where's the common points in that case? You know what I mean? Right. And that's like because you know once that emotion comes in, there's no like changing it whatsoever. You know. Yeah. And that's taking it back. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, and that's important to understand that it's not just for the other person, like for ourselves too, right? Oh, no, Once I definitely I'm... have had to change the subject because I noticed I'm getting a little emotional. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like for us too, like, like that's, and that's, and that's like, that should be like a part of like the curriculum. I feel like, yeah. you know, for sure. because you know? sure. everything, like everything for me comes back to education. 
you know, and that's what I'm trying to do with, with my podcast now. And, and all the other ventures that I'm trying to do right now is like, is look, if you really want to have people equality of opportunity, right. Then we need to like fix this education system because our education system is, is not doing great. Right. Particularly here in California, you know, we're ranked 40th in all the states in our education system, but we spend like we're number 19th in the amount that we spend per student. Right? right. And so like money isn't doesn't seem to be the problem. There are other things that seem to be bigger problems and right. that need to be fixed uh, to kind of like allow all people to kind of rise together. Yeah. Right. Start and, from the same starting blocks. Or, yeah. Yeah. Right. And not have it like how it is now where it's like, well, you know, if you grow up in, you know, Orange County, you're going to have a much different experience than if you grew up in, you know, L.A. County or Riverside County. You know what I mean? Yep. Like you're, you're like your outcomes are just going to be completely different and your opportunities and everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, and if you want, like, I feel like there's so many other things that people could be focusing on that would have been, that just pays out more, you know, more bang for their buck other than all of this, like critical race theory and LGBTQ plus and all that stuff, you know, cause it's like, you know, all you're doing is just making distinctions between people and you know, and that's the message that the that the mass is getting, right? You might have some really good points if somebody sits down and listens to you for 20 hours, right? But the mass is only hearing, oh, you just want to separate us and put all of us into like these different boxes, right? Yeah. And categorize yeah. us. And that's like, well, that's not inspiring. That's not building. That's not, you know? And then so you're going to have opposition coalitions or yeah. And and that's the problem, but they, you know, there's certain things like education, right. Or like uh, fixing income inequality or, you know, trying to get the poorest nations wealthier. Right. Yeah. Like that, like those things are going to give you more bang for your buck than on all these little nonsense things that well, only affect a very small minority of people. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't say it's totally nonsense. I just Yeah, no, for sure it's not nonsense. Um, it's just like what I'm saying is more bang for your buck. That's not to yeah. say that you wouldn't get anything out of those things. Right. right? I yeah, I think that yeah, there might be an over focus on identity politics. I think you're right there. Um I think the question, it's like quality over quantity. Like some people are focused on the dignity of, you know, like certain and representation of certain groups and access for certain groups. Um, And it's sort of a, they're focused on the quality of life and you're more geared towards getting yeah like you said the more bang for your buck like i guess quantity getting the most people 
up to speed and the education and the healthcare that they deserve. Um, yeah. I wouldn't exactly. totally write off identity politics as unimportant. Right. Yeah. Because, because some, you know, like even the wealthiest among us and the most educated, like if they're still, if they still feel unwanted because of who they are, you know, because of who they married or the color of their skin, you know, like, then we still have a problem, you know, then the quality of their life is still leaves, you know, leaves something wanting. Right. If, you know, like, I think yeah. there, we have to work on both sides of it, you know, like. Yeah. And, and like talking about like, like this quality of life thing, right? Because that this is something that I think is, is not like, a lot of the times when, when you start to talk about like, like identity politics, right? Like, I feel like they're missing the point in terms of quality of life, right? Because, and this is something that, this is why I would talk to Jordan Peterson over lunch, because he has a lot to say about like, all right, what are like the things that we can do, like that we can do as individuals, as people, right? that would improve our own personal qualities of life, like at the spiritual level. Right. right and right. that seems to be lost on people because that's, that's important. We're focused on all these physical things, right. On like how much money people have or how many things people have, or like what, um, how, how their other people refer to them. Right. Yeah, you're on all these other like externalities and things, and that what seems to be lost is like this internal voyage that we're all in, and how do we like take care of that part? Because if you can make that part strong, then it almost doesn't even matter all about all of these other parts, right? right? Yeah, yeah, I agree there. And mm -hmm. there's like this book the. Uh, yeah, it was, it was in the happy, happiness hypothesis where I read about this guy named Boethius. And Boethius was one of these guys, like ancient Roman times, you know, he was a politician. He made it really high up in politics and then, um, you know, rose to power. He was in charge of like, I think he was in charge of the entire, the finances of the entire Roman Empire at one point. And then he decides to back this one guy in politics that guy loses and everyone that opposed the winner got thrown in jail and sentenced to death oh wow. including him right mm -hmm. and then he writes this book while he's in jail and it starts off with him being angry and and really like like resentful at at everything because he had given his whole life to politics and, and the government and and serving and doing all that, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, but slowly as he kind of walks through the book and he create, he's in jail for two years before he gets put to death mm -hmm. and slowly he has like a conversation with this imaginary person that he calls lady luck, right. Mm -hmm. In his yeah. cell with him. And he's just going like, how how could you do this to me like how could you like 
like like take my life away from me yeah and through the conversation lady luck just kind of reminds him like hey dude what are you talking about you know i've given you more than anyone else right i gave you power i gave you wealth i gave you two beautiful sons that are, are also wealthy and married to two beautiful women you still have your beautiful wife. Your parents are still alive and healthy. I've given you everything. And this one time, <laughs> right, that I take away something from you, you get all upset. Right? Uh, yeah. Right. And Although he has like, know it's, it's his life, but. Yeah. In the I grand guess. scheme of things, he starts to go like, oh, and when he starts to focus on gratitude, right, instead of all of this anger and hatred and all of this like like hurt that he's feeling, when he starts yeah. to focus on all the good things in his life and being grateful for all the good things that are in his life, right? That he realizes, you know what? It's okay that I'm gonna be put to death right now. And he just learns to accept it, right? Yeah. And that that internal like spiritual path is something that that doesn't get taken into account when all these people have all these gripes about everything right, right. like yeah, they don't yeah. see that like all right yeah like that guy's a billionaire but you know homeboy has been working 80 hour weeks for the past 40 years yeah doesn't have a good relationship with his kids right yeah he has a yacht right and power yeah but there's things there that are missing he had to sacrifice certain things to get all of that and right. you cannot discount those things that he sacrificed right mm -hmm. yeah there's more to life than all of those things than being called by the wrong name right yeah or by then being like not allowed into a certain place or by not having stuff money wealth uh popularity whatever all that stuff is there is this spiritual thing that's missing in people right mm -hmm. and we're and all that's what kind of sentenced to death yeah so we are yeah. Yeah, yeah we all are and if you don't go through life in this like by having gratitude or by thinking about your own spirituality then you're missing a large part and honestly, in my opinion, I think that's why so many people are hurting right now. Right? Oh, yeah. Because it's like you're missing a big part of your life and you're blaming it on all these other things. Yeah. Yep. Although I wonder, you know, social media makes it impossible to tell how people are doing. Um, yeah. You know, of course, like the the psychology psychological researchers know you know and the clinicians know if there's more cases of depression or anxiety these days there probably are because of the pandemic oh yeah there are yeah yeah but you know social media gives this idea that actually a lot of people are doing well and better than you and happier than you and you know they're going to this restaurant today and you know that 
all the baby photos and stuff and the wedding pictures and yeah like like how much of that is is that's like i feel like that's a false impression right right? exactly but it's hard to hard to see past the surface like yes yeah yeah but yeah because like even like even if like you know i choose to put a picture of my kids right online like what people like in the picture they're smiling they're happy maybe they're hugging they're like you know but that's why you took the picture yeah that's what i took a picture right i did take a picture of you know that time my son you know took a dump while i was changing him and splattered the wall right i'm not showing that time where you know my daughter decided she's gonna wake up at two in the morning and refuse to go back to bed you know while we all had work the next day i'm not showing all the parts where you know the poor thing was breaking out in hives everywhere and and was suffering for a week right and my and our pain in seeing her go through that right right like that's like 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 that's the part that that people don't understand about social media it's like we yeah we're showing just the good parts right and we're not showing all of the bad parts and the hard parts and all the like the difficulties and even you know like those instagram models or whatever you see like what you're seeing is a person that took 500 pictures in a day picked maybe 5 of them that were good photoshopped them put them to filters and then posted them as if, Oh, she's just getting coffee or whatever. Right. Like that's like that. Like we're not seeing a like, we're not even seeing real people. Right. Like that's like, and I'm like, what? And, and I constantly had to explain this to my students of like, that's not real. That's not a thing. Like, that's not like, that's not something you strive for or to be with. Right. Yeah. And that's like, and you don't even know, like, all right, you saw a picture of somebody beautiful. Do you know anything about their personality? Right. Right. Like, do you know anything about how they treat other people? Do you know anything about like, like, no, you don't know anything. So what is it that, that you're, you're griping on or that you're, that you're so upset about or that what's making you feel so depressed isn't that you're comparing yourself to another person is that you're comparing yourself to like a fictional person. that's like if i I got mad that i can't fly to the air and shoot laser beams through out of my eyes because i saw superman be able to do that right it's like well okay like you would look at me like i'm insane if i said something like that right right yeah yeah and it's like well (laughs) yeah i mean like it's a similar thing is happening here it's like you're comparing yourself to something that doesn't even exist yeah yeah. That makes me then, think of the the Wolf of Wall Street, um, where like the first half of that movie, I would love to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, and then not so much. The, yeah. <laughs> you know, the second part when he's losing his wife, and he yeah he's losing his mind. Um. Yeah, and so. I actually joked when I, I saw that movie with my parents and I, I've had some substance abuse issues and I'm like, part way through the movie, I'm like, well, why did, how did this guy have all the good times? And I had all the bad times. Like, <laughs> then you wait, 
you know, they kind of make it funnier than it is. Yeah. Then at the end of the movie, like when he's fighting with his wife and he's trying to take his kid and the kid's crying and he's crashing into the house and like then I was like, okay, there's the there's, there's it. the there it that I recognize, you know, like yeah, there's the reality of it. So yeah, 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 and that's like yeah, and that's not you don't see that stuff on social media. No, you don't. No. Right. You just yeah. see the stacks of money and and yeah, the bikinis and yeah, the illusions. Sushi and <laughs> yeah, sushi's real though. For sure. Sushi is. <laughs> and it makes me very happy. Same here. But it's very accessible. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, the, that's the ideal that we're all searching for. That yeah. perfect piece of sushi. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I think that's perfectly healthy to strive for that. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. So. um, Do you want... To give a plug for your podcasts? Yeah, sure. I have two podcasts going on right now. Um, number one is Less is More Education. Uh, and, you know, you can find that wherever. And, and that one, I just basically, I try to interview all the people that are kind of connected to education, like at like the ground level, right? So mm -hmm. like teachers, counselors, administrators, like I'm trying to get parents on, but parents are really like, they don't really even know what podcasts are about. So, uh, but I'm trying to like, like interview like frontline workers to kind of show people like, all right, what are the hard parts about teaching the difficult parts? And then I, in, in those conversations, I introduce ideas of uh, what other nations are doing to solve those right. particular problems. Right. Right. So I, I heard the Scandinavia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I'm also looking at now Canada, Singapore, Shanghai. They all have very high test scores, but like Finland is still the one that I, I find like the most interesting because they're also the happiest country. Okay. Right? Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, they, they have great scores and they're very happy there's something that's right that's going on over there, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, the other podcast is uh, The Generational Divide. And that one I'm doing with a bunch of my old students. And it's basically, you know, an old guy talking to young people right? <laughs> and basically giving them all the, like, it's like I'm trying to have a conversation with my younger self and trying to tell them like, look, this is kind of like how things operate in the world. And and then they they do their part in terms of like making it entertaining and they pick topics. And I give them like a lot of freedom as to like what we're doing in the show. And I'm just kind of like the old guy in there going like, hey, you know, like, yes. yeah, like, what do you think about this idea? Or, what, you know, I just introduced to them some of that stuff and a lot of that like spiritual stuff as well, where I'm like, look, we should have something that we're striving for, right? Something that we're, that we're, uh, that we put up on the highest pedestal, as Jordan Peterson says, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like going like, and what what does that thing look like, right? And what are we wrestling with to get there? And, you know, those kinds of things. And then they mostly like just talk about like, you know, pop stuff, like movies and, and things that are going around with them and mm -hmm. their own experiences and relationships and stuff like that. 
And then so it's interesting to see. And I learn a lot from them. I was like, oh, wow, that's that's not the way we, you know, my generation does things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that must be interesting. Yeah. And so oh. anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find those. And, Is that uh, one? They're both on Apple? Yeah, they're both on Apple, uh, Spotify. Apple and Spotify are like where we get the most people. Because most people have Spotify anyways. Yeah. And then so they can just like do a quick search and they can find me there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they can also find me on Instagram at, uh, I think it's lessismore.education. And Education. okay. I'm going to have a uh, website coming out soon, at less is, is, which is also lessismore.education. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, if they want to throw their support or do anything in uh if they like what they hear they can always support me there okay all right cool yeah thank well, you yeah in, in conclusion i still might not want to have coffee with Jordan Peterson. <laughs> um i no i would just to say that i did um yeah okay yeah <laughs> but my whole thing is like he, he talks about how he doesn't think guys should be nice so I don't uh, think I don't I don't know if he says that. I think he I've I've heard him in a interview say that yeah, he did the interview with this feminist PhD student, I think. Okay. Um and he said something to that effect that like nice is not what guy like what he strives for. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's not really powerful, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, 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 I'm just mostly joking. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, because I think like, that, uh, cause I think that, that is also one of those like low resolution things. It's like, yeah. And like nice, like, cause if you put it like in biological terms, uh, women aren't really looking for nice guys. What they're looking for well, is somebody that is, uh, uh, that can be dangerous and they're looking for right. that aspect because they want this person to be able to protect them from other like males or other things right but at the same time they also want that person to have just enough compassion to take care of them and their kids right so again there's like that sense. yeah yeah and that's that that chaos and order where you don't want to be all on one side nice is all on one side right like and yeah. that's not where you want to be where you want to be is somewhere in the middle right yeah, you, you have the ability to, to be nice and you have the ability to be dangerous yeah that's that's yeah essentially i don't what was i don't i don't like that he talks about it like i prefer when people talk about evolution as like our past and something to transcend oh know? i see yeah like, yeah you know, so that might be based on our biology. That's where we're at right now. But biology doesn't determine as much anymore. You know, so like a weakling, to put it like bluntly and in, in extremes, a weakling can still take care of someone's child if they make enough money, you know? Like, yeah. Or so, have the right tools. Yeah. Yeah. And they and they don't have to be that aggressive. Like he talks, Jordan Peterson talks a lot about hierarchies in the animal kingdom. 
and how because they exist there that like it's only natural that they exist in our society too but mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be that way like the the unique position that humans are in yeah that so we more on that like uh scott barry kaufman have you heard yeah, of him like social constructionist yeah sort of yeah he I'm talks not... about like transcendence a lot too okay yeah yeah so that's yeah i i i would disagree with him i think on a lot more than you might but, then, <laughs> but yeah it would i you know i changed my mind i would like to have coffee with him okay <laughs> i win <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, uh, thank you. This is great. Yeah, uh, I hope we do it again. Yeah. All right, All right. thanks a lot, Steve. Yeah, thank you. This yeah, was fun. We'll do this again, I'm sure. For All sure. Right. All right. Bye. And there you have it, folks. Another episode in the can of DIY Me Mind presents. This was a conversation with friend of the show, Steve Flores current pro podcaster and former educator. I hope you enjoyed whatever you had the attention span to listen to. Thank you and good day. Oh, and don't forget to check out Steve's podcasts, The Generational Divide and Less is More Education, available wherever you can get podcasts. Thanks again. Toodles.